Welcome to the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler teaches the good news of Jesus Christ and biblical Christian principles that empower all people with real-life timeless applications for daily kingdom living. Now here's your host, Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler, sharing kingdom truths for kingdom living. We are so glad that you all could join us on today. We have a very special guest, a beautiful woman of God. Her name is Veronica Weatherspoon. Veronica has the sweetest and most kind spirit. She loves the Lord and she is a blessing to the body of Christ. I met Veronica about eight years ago in Prairie View, and both of us owned investment properties. We were attending meetings with other investors to discuss leasing and management strategies. I remember Veronica always being very professional and very concerned about the well-being of the tenants, the residents, and the community. She is still involved in the community. She has a love and a heartfelt passion for the city of Prairie View. She volunteers for Meals on Wheels and the National Night Out. In her church, she serves with the new members intake, helps with the church newsletter and the food distribution. Veronica is married and is a part-time math specialist. She carries her mom and grandparents' legacy of faith in God and the importance of strong family relations. Veronica was born in Columbus, Texas and raised in Prairie View, Texas. She is the oldest of four siblings. She was brought up in a loving Christian home. They consistently attended church services, Sunday school and vacation Bible school. Veronica remembers as a child spending a lot of time on the weekends and holidays at her grandparents' home. They were godly grandparents, and they made sure they attended church regularly. Her grandparents were family-oriented. During their visits, they would make sure Veronica and her siblings got to know the rest of the family. And even years later, Veronica still does family research to stay connected with her family members. Her mom was a single parent and raised her four children alone. She was a registered nurse for Prairie View A&M University. She worked very hard, both full-time and part-time, to make ends meet. Veronica remembers her mom being very strict. As the oldest child, she had to help her siblings with their homework. Her mom wanted to make sure they were all independent. When they attended college, they were very responsible and had to work to help their mom with the bills. They also had to save their money for summer school from the previous semester's Pell Grants. Veronica's mother relocated to Houston, Texas, where she worked as a registered nurse at Texas Southern University. She eventually retired as a teacher in the health sciences division. Veronica, her mom, and her siblings were very close. She spoke to her mom almost every day. On this particular Sunday, they both went to church, but after church, she could not reach her mom. Her nephew frantically tried to call her, and she realized and found out that tragedy had struck their home. Veronica is here to share her story with us. Thank you so much, Veronica, for joining us. 
We appreciate you and go ahead and share your story. All right. First of all, I want to uh, thank God for this opportunity. Thank you, Ms. Yolanda, for allowing me to reflect back on my experiences here in Purview, as well as during the time that uh, my mom was here on this earth. It has been, I think we've had a rich life. Some people say that, you know, you're poor, you know, some of the things that make you feel like, you know, you just don't have it all. But my mom uh, worked very hard and she was very supportive and encouraging to all of us. And we felt like we were rich all the time. I mean, there was not never a time that uh, we went without. And we really didn't realize how sometimes we know our mom struggled until after she left this earth. But let me start by talking about our childhood experiences. We were raised here at Prairie View. I was born in Columbus, Texas. I remember my mom always surrounding us with professional people. And my mom was so intentional now that we, you know, reflect back. All of us had to pretty much take care of ourselves while my mom worked full time. And eventually she started working part time in Houston, Texas. So we were here uh, taking care of each other. But me being the oldest, I had to make sure everybody followed the rules. So I remember one instance where, well, there were several instances, but for this particular instance, we were not supposed to go outside while my mom was not home. My three siblings were outside and we had a whale in the back here in Prairie View. And they would jump on the well, jump off the well. But I was in the house doing what I was supposed to do, cleaning up. And I had just mopped the floor. And I know my mom drove real fast here in Prairie View. Everybody knew she had this white and maroon top. Uh, it was a Chevrolet, but I can't remember the model. So anyway, they, they could see my mom coming down Apple Street in the evenings. And when they saw my mom's car coming before she turned on Henderson Street, they came to the back door because they knew they were not supposed to be outside. But I had just mopped the floor and I wouldn't let them in. And they were knocking on the door, telling me to open the door, but I never did. And then once my mom got in, uh, of course, they were disciplined. Had a lot of good memories here across the street where our teachers, I know our English teacher and behind us, we had our math teacher. So we just had, a, and I know I'm not the only one who was raised in Prairie View that had that experience because it appears that all of the parents here in Prairie View expected the same things from their children. They expected them to get their education as well as go to college or service. But those were the two options, work or to the service. And when I talk with some of the people who are still here in Prairie View and those who I'm still connected with, they've all turned out to be wonderful people. Amen. And they are living their, living their parents' legacy as well. So here in Prairie View, we, you know, just made sure we stay connected with the professional people that I, that I see now. We did what we were supposed to do, make sure we did our homework. We could watch TV at certain points of times during the day after we got out of school, but we knew homework was the most important. And then we had to be in the bed by eight o'clock. And I remember we have a walk-in closet here in Prairie View at the house. We're still in our homestead. And I don't even know how we are all four of us in that closet. But now that we're bigger, but we, I put them in the closet. I had a chalkboard. I had chalk and an eraser back in the days. 
And I actually taught them their lessons, especially math, because I'm a math person. I've always loved math. So they had to sit in the closet and listen to me teach them. And I ended up being a teacher. I'm still in education. It's been over 40 years now. We had to stay focused on our, our education while we were here in Prairie View. And not only that, we had to attend church. My mom made sure we were in church every Sunday, whether it was in Wyatt's Chapel or Hempstead. And then on a lot of weekends, we went to Columbus to visit my grandparents. Uh, they either picked us up or my mom drove us there. Or my uncle, I have an uncle who lived here in Prairie View as well, he and his family. If my mom wanted us to go to Columbus and my grandparents couldn't pick him up or if she was working, he would also take us. But in Columbus, my granddad was a deacon. My grandmother was an usher at Greater Smith uh, Chapel Baptist Church. They uh, made sure we were in church when we were there. There were no excuses. Sometimes we tried to get out and do our little things, but we knew we had to be in church. And they also had rules and regulations. Uh, we had to be in the house there before the there was a corner light right there by my grandparents' home. And we had to be in the house before that uh, light came on at night. So they were very strict as well. And I just appreciate them so much. And I'm always reflecting on how blessed we are to have had them in our lives and being as strict as they were. But but that was their love for us. Amen. And, and I really do uh, appreciate that. And also, too, it was such a beautiful legacy of faith and family values that just it was the thread and the fiber all throughout your family bloodline, which is so beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Even during the summertime and holidays, my mom would make sure we were with my grandparents. I remember us having to go vacation, vacation Bible school on Wednesday nights. We had to go to church. It was always church. And and I know back then, you know, we were, oh, you know, why are we doing all this and da, da, da. But now we appreciate it. So, Amen. so now going back to my mom, uh, my mom was a single parent. So she did raise four of us here in Prairie View until we left in 1974. Prior to that, my mom was a nurse at, at Prairie View University working under Dr. E.R. Owens, who we love dearly. And like I say, here we were connected with a lot of professional people and we all just felt like we were sisters and brothers and part of each other's lives. It was just like no way of separating all of us. But we did leave and we did fight. Uh, we didn't literally fight my mom, but we were crying and upset because we had to leave Prairie View. So in 1974, she uh, moved us to Houston. Uh, we started off at Spring Branch High School and we all ended up graduating from Madison High School after we moved to the southwest part of Houston. But even during those times, my mom was still intentional about who was around us and what we were doing. So we still had to make sure we were in church. All of us ended up joining Brentwood Baptist Church after we moved to the southwest side of town, where we were all very active in, in the church. I remember Ursherine. Um, I was in the singles ministry at Brentwood. Uh, the church sent me on a mission for three or four years to Jamaica. Every summer, we went to teach vacation Bible school. And during those times, I saw myself growing spiritually even more because when we were going to church with my grandparents, 
Of course, we were baptized and we were in service, but I did not know at that time about the relationship that I needed to have with the Lord. We were all going through the motions, but we still did not know about that relationship. My mom worked all the time, but she continued to encourage us and she was still hard on us and making sure, you know, we were being responsible individuals in society. So we we all worked, all four of us worked part-time. We had one vehicle. So we had to make sure my mom got to work. And then this was after we all graduated. You know, we were at Texas Southern and my brother went on out to service, but we had to take my mom to work. And then we had to figure out how to get each other to work and back home. So we, we took turns making sure that happened. I don't know how it all happened, but we did it and just worked until finished our education. We got jobs and we got our own transportation. Then she sort of released us because even before my mom died at, and I was in my fifties, even then she was very protective of us. We were still her babies and nobody could bother us. And, you know, she made sure if we needed help, she was always there. Amen. So she was still, still mom. Yes. Let's connect the time from you being at Brentwood and your mom also serving at Brentwood. And then the time when all the things happened with her. So my mom and my mom was also very very active in um, at Brentwood. She was in the church choir. She went to Sunday school. She was very active in Ada Phi Beta sorority, but this was after she received her master's degree from Texas Southern in health sciences. So she worked hard as well, teaching at Jack Yates High School, health sciences, occupation. So then my mom retired and she started subbing. And in her journey, she was still holding on to her four children, trying to make sure we were doing okay. And I, I got married and I stayed married for nine years and then I got a divorce. And I always knew when I retired, I would move back to Prairie View, you know, just settle down here and take care of the property. And my mom always wanted all of us to be together. For some reason, she felt like, okay, we needed to be together. Whether we were married or not, she wanted her four children to stay connected with the, with each other as well as with other family members. She would come to Prairie View. I was here in 2013. I retired from, uh, well, superintendent's position. Knew I was moving back to Prairie View. I moved here and I thank God for the time that from 2013 to 2015 when my mom died, we had more time together. And that was, you know, God in his infinite wisdom set all of this up. He already knew what was going to happen. But she and I were able to spend a whole lot more time together. And um, we talked all the time, uh, talked to my mom about everything. And we talked every day. I always got a chance to say, okay, mom, I love you. And she, again, intentionally doing everything. And I know she was listening to God as well as she was still guiding us. You know, I, I just don't know. It's, it's really, it's emotional just thinking about, yes. you know, what she was doing. Amen. But uh, in 2015, it was a week in uh, July, 
I had gone to a conference in in Dallas, and it was Priscilla Shira's conference. I was a member of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Prairie View after I retired. So we went to this women's conference. That It was on a Saturday. I remember calling Mama real excited about what I had experienced. I called her. We were in the van. I remember we were all in the van. The ladies were. And we were headed back to Prairie View. And I called and I was excited. I was like, Mama, okay, next year, you and your friends and all of us are going to go to this conference. And, you know, she, we were just talking. And then we hung up and I said, I'll call you when I get home. Because we always, always called each other to let each other know we were home. And my two sisters and I still do that. Well, we use this app now, Life 360, where we can track each other. We don't, we're not trying to be nosy about each other. We're just trying to make sure we're all safe. So, but we didn't have that when my mom was living. So, you know, I would always call her, I'm at home, mom. I love you. Good night. And that was that Saturday night. But then that Sunday, she went to church. I went to church. My siblings went to church. All of us went to church. But that afternoon, I had gone to, uh, with a friend, we were going out to eat. And as soon as we got to the restaurant and sat down, you know, that's when I checked my phone. And I can see where my nephew was trying, was calling me. And I was like, well, this is unusual, you know, for him to call me like this. So when I called him back, you know, he was emotional and let me, letting me know that he was at the hospital. Mama had been in a wreck and uh, it was critical. And I was like, oh my God. So then I went back to get my vehicle. I drove to the hospital where, you know, I could see family there. And uh, my sisters and I, we all embraced each other. They were crying. And, you know, of course, I started crying. And uh, so we stayed there at the hospital during that time where the doctors were, you know, trying to take care of my mom. They came out and explained to me because I hadn't heard it firsthand what, what the problem was. We knew that she had been hit by a drunk driver head on. Uh, on on FM 521 that Sunday, maybe about two. My mom was, from what I was told, she was headed to the store and uh, she never made it to the store because he hit her head on. And if you know about FM 521, it's a two lane, two lane highway. Because of the impact of the, the hit, her stomach area was just crushed. And so they they tried to do what they could. I remember maybe about, Two o'clock that morning, they came and, no, it was before then, they came and said they couldn't stop the bleeding, so they wanted to um, amputate her legs. And, of course, I'm really like, Lord, are, are you serious? What is going on? I'm in shock. So I finally continued to pray about it, and everybody in the room was praying for us and with us. And I said, okay. So I had to give permission to, because they said, wasn't anything else they could do but try to amputate to stop the bleeding. So I did that. And maybe about two o'clock that morning, uh, the next morning, that Monday morning, they came and they told us, well, you know, might be okay. We're not saying that it's not really critical, critical, but it, we could see some signs of um, the bleeding stopping, but we didn't want to promise anything. I remember them saying that. So then uh, maybe, and we were still, just still a room full of people still praying with us. And then some people who left, they were calling or texting to make sure we were okay and to let us know they, that they were still praying for us as well. And then about six o'clock that morning, 
the doctor came in and that's when he said, well, there's nothing else that we could do. And that just blew my mind. I never thought I would hear anything like that in my lifetime. And I've seen family members go through some struggles and die, my grandmother, but I never thought that I would hear that about my mom. And so, you know, the doctor told us to go in and see her. So I remember just the four children went in and my, my, the sister next to me just, she did not want the doctors to touch my mom. The nurses, no one to touch my mom. She just stretched herself on top of my mom. Uh, and she just bawled her eyes out. And then my other sibling and uh, two siblings were crying. But I remember the doctor having holding me. He had his hand on the back of my, on my back. And he was just, you know, consoling me, you know, and I was crying. And, but I did it for, and praying. And I remember doing that maybe about four or five minutes. And then I heard the Lord say, I got her, let her go. And I was like dumbfounded. And I had heard the Lord speak to me before uh, in my lifetime. So I knew it was him talking to me. And it was so clear. And I just felt a peace. Amen. The one that passes, a peace that passes all understanding. Because I'm like blowing my mind away here. Immediately after I heard that, heard the Lord. And I turned to the doctor and I said, okay. And I apologized to him. I said, I'm sorry. And, you know, he continued to rub me. And then I turned and I know I had to sign some papers. So I went and I signed papers, which was really hard because I'm thinking, am I giving up too soon or what? But I, I clearly heard the Lord say, let her go. I got I got her. Wow. And so I signed the papers and then we all went back. We finally went back to the to the room where we were all seated. And after that, I know I cried some more, but because I knew at that point that, okay, I have business to take care of, you know, my focus shifted from, okay, I know my mom is gone, but I know I need to, you know, make sure we take care of this business that has to be done, making sure it's put away um, respectfully amen, uh, and with love. So it shifted in. And ever since then, I reflect on my mom. I know people get tired of me talking about my mom because I'm like, well, my mom, and I guess that's the way I grieve. You know, other people grieve. I know everybody grieves in different ways, but I'm always reflecting on my mom because she worked very hard and she loved her children and she would have done anything. For us. That is beautiful. Just so grateful. And I talked to her. I have a her picture in my study and every morning I go and I'm like, good morning, mama. How are you doing? And now that my brother is gone, he was also taken away. Yes. He was shot in the back of the head last year at a store. And my mom's four children, all of us were favorites, but we knew she was really more leaning into my brother, I guess, because he was the youngest and you know, he was more, we were very independent. He was independent, but not as independent as we were. Wow. So we knew that he needed more attention than the rest of us. So exactly. when she died, yeah, my brother was, I mean, it was just very hurtful, of course. He, did he take yeah, it the he hardest? Yeah, he took it the hardest. And, wow. and usually men, yeah, men usually take it the hardest because it's just something about um, the the sons and the moms, I've noticed. 
you know. But right. since then, you know, I've gained a, yeah, a lot more wisdom and strength. And, and all of that, I know, is because of the Lord. Amen. But also the Lord using my mom as well to lead and guide us. Amen. So we have been really blessed to have uh, my mom. who, And I also have a, um, a foundation that I started. She was in health sciences, always taking care of people and a nurse and everything. So we started the Bessie R. Hargis Health Sciences Scholarship Foundation. And uh, that's in memory of my mom, uh, along with all of us continuing to serve in church and uh, in our communities um, and loving our family, not just the four of us, well, the three of us now, but even our extended families. I mean, we're all so very close. We're like sisters and brothers. They've had losses as well. Amen. So we've been able to go to them since we lost my mom and be able to support them and encourage them as well. That is awesome. Of, you know, yeah. what we've gone through. Right. But it speaks yeah. also to the closeness yeah. that you guys have to as a family. Yes. So let's do this. We want to encourage someone who might be listening that they can get through if they're going through a similar tragedy that, you know, the Lord will get them through. And then I'd like you to say, if you were to meet the driver that was involved in the accident, the drunk driver, what would you say to him? And then what I'd like you to do is close us out in prayer, Veronica. All right. And I do want to add uh, the guy who, who hit my mom was over the alcohol limit or whatever they call it. And he still has not been held accountable. So we were in touch with the investigator. We did, my youngest sister and I, you know, prayed about it and said, okay, we know the Lord is going to uh, take care of whoever this individual is. So we just, we just turned it over to the Lord. And we're hoping that one day justice will be done. And as I encourage other people, I would say, get to know the Lord and make sure you lean and depend on him and trust him because that's how we've been able to make it through is by trusting the Lord, knowing that one day we will see my mom, my brother, my grandparents, and all of our family and even friends, we will see them in heaven again. Amen. But that we know, we already know that we're going to see them again. If I had to face the, the young man who hit my mom, uh, my thing to him would be, we've forgiven you, young man. My hope is that you will apologize to us for not, you know, facing up to what what you did to cause our mom to to die. And, um, you know, we want you to just face up to what you've done. And we're going to continue to love and pray for you uh, even now. We still do. Amen, Veronica. So, that is so beautiful. Would you please just go ahead and close out in prayer? Yes. Oh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for, for using me, Father God, to uh, be a, an example of, of my mom and how well she loved and nourished and uh, encouraged and supported other people. I just pray, Father God, that you would continue to bless and keep my family and my friends 
in your care, Father God. Keep us safe. Give us traveling grace, God, as we go to and from. We're all just busy, Father God. But let us be busy for, for you, for serving you and others, because that is what my mom's legacy was. She was all about the business of serving others, whether it was personal or professional, Lord. She loved you. She loved people. And we want to make sure we continue in that legacy of loving and serving God. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Please subscribe to our podcast so you will know when the next episode is published. To hear more biblical teachings and give to support the ministry, please visit our website at www.thekingdomtruth.org. That is www.thekingdomtruth.org. God bless you until we meet again.